This is a LibriVox.org recording by Tim Shim and Chase. This recording is in the public domain. Thus Spake Zarathustra by Friedrich Nietzsche Translated by Thomas Common Part 3, Chapter 55 The Spirit of Gravity 1. My mouthpiece is of the people. Too coarsely and cordially do I talk for Angora rabbits. And still stranger soundeth my words unto all inkfish and pen foxes. My hand is a fool's hand. Woe unto all tables and walls, and whatever hath room for a fool's sketching, fool's scrawling. My foot is a horse foot. Therewith do I trample and trot over stick and stone, in the fields up and down, and am bedeviled with a delight in all fast racing. My stomach is surely an eagle's stomach, for it prefereth lamb's flesh. Certainly it is a bird's stomach, nourished with innocent things, and with few, ready and impatient to fly away. Now that is my nature. Why should there not be something of bird nature therein? And especially that I am hostile to the spirit of gravity. That is bird nature. Verily, deadly hostile. Supremely hostile, originally hostile. O whither hath my hostility not flown and misflown? Thereof could I sing a song, and will sing it, though I be alone in an empty house, and must sing it to my own ears. Other singers there are, to be sure, to whom only the full house maketh the voice soft, the hand eloquent, the eye expressive, the heart wakeful, those do I not resemble. 2. He who one day teacheth men to fly will have shifted all landmarks. To him will all landmarks themselves fly into the air. The earth will he christen anew as the light body. The ostrich runneth faster than the fastest horse, but it also thrusts its head heavily into the heavy earth. Thus it is with men who cannot yet fly. Heavy unto him are earth and life, and so willeth the spirit of gravity. But he who would become light and be a bird must love himself, thus do I teach. Not, to be sure, with the love of the sick and infected, for with them stinketh even self-love. One must learn to love oneself, thus do I teach, with a wholesome and healthy love that one may endure to be with oneself, and not go roving about. Such roving about christen itself brotherly love. With these words hath there hitherto been the best lying and dissembling, and especially by those who have become burdensome to every one. And verily, it is no commandment for today and tomorrow to learn to love oneself. Rather, it is of all arts the finest, subtlest, last, and most patient. For to its possessor is all possessions well concealed, and of all treasure pits one's own is last excavated, so causeth the spirit of gravity. Almost in the cradle we are apportioned with heavy words and worths, good and evil, so calleth itself this dowry. For the sake of it we are forgiven for living. 
and therefore suffereth one little children to come unto one, to forbid them betimes to love themselves, so causeth the spirit of gravity. And we, we bear loyally what is apportioned unto us, on hard shoulders over rugged mountains. And when we sweat, then do people say to us, Yea, life is hard to bear. But man himself only is hard to bear. The reason thereof is that he carrieth too many extraneous things on his shoulders. Like the camel kneeleth he down, and letteth himself be well laden. Especially the strong load-bearing man, in whom reverence resideth. Too many extraneous heavy words and worths loaded he upon himself. Then seemeth life to him a desert. And verily, Many a thing also that is our own is hard to bear. And many internal things in man are like the oyster, repulsive and slippery and hard to grasp. And so an elegant shell with elegant adornment must plead for them. But this art also one must learn, to have a shell, and a fine appearance, and a sagacious blindness. Again, it deceiveth about many things in men, that many a shell is poor, and pitiable, and too much of a shell. Many concealeth goodness, and power is never dreamed of. The choicest dainties find no tasters. Women know that the choicest of them, a little fatter, a little leaner, oh, how much fate is in so little! Man is difficult to discover and unto himself most difficult of all, often lieth the spirit concerning the soul, so causeth the spirit of gravity. He, however, hath discovered himself who saith, This is my good and evil. Therewith hath he silenced the mole and the dwarf, who saith, Good for all, evil for all. Verily neither do I like those who call everything good, and this world the best of all. Those do I call the all-satisfied. All-satisfiedness, which knoweth how to taste everything, that is not the best taste. I honour the refractory, fastidious tongues, and stomachs, which hath learnt to say I, and yea, and nay. To cheweth and digest everything, however, that is genuine swine nature. Ever to say yea, that hath only the ass learnt and those like it, deep yellow and hot red, so wanteth my taste, it mixeth blood with all colours. He, however, who whitewasheth his house, betrayeth unto me a whitewashed soul. With mummies some fall in love, others with phantoms, both alike hostile to all flesh and blood, Oh, how repugnant are both to my taste, for I love blood. And there will not I reside and abide, where every one spitteth and speweth. That is now my taste. Rather I would live among the thieves and perjurers. Nobody carrieth gold in his mouth. Still more repugnant to me, however, are all lick spittles, and the most repugnant animal of man that I have found did I christen Parasite. It would not love. 
and would yet live by love. Unhappily do I call all those who have only one choice, either to become evil beasts or evil beast tamers. Among such would I not build my tabernacle. Unhappy do I call those who have ever to wait. They are repugnant to my taste. All toll-gatherers and traders and kings and other landskeepers and shopkeepers. Verily, I learn waiting also, and thoroughly so, but only waiting for myself. And above all that I learn standing and walking and running and leaping and climbing and dancing. This, however, is my teaching. He who wisheth to one day to fly must first learn standing and walking and running and climbing and dancing. One doth not fly into flying. With rope ladders learn I to reach many a window. With nimble legs do I climb high masts. To sit on high masts of perception seemed to me no small bliss. To flicker like small flames on high masts, a small light, certainly, but a great comfort to cast away sailors and shipwrecked ones. By diverse ways and wendings did I arrive at my truth. Not by one ladder did I mount to the height where mine eye roveth to my remoteness. And unwillingly did I ask my way. That was always counter to my taste. Rather did I question and test the ways themselves. A testing and a questioning hath been all my travelling. And verily, one must also learn to answer such questioning. That, however, is my taste. Neither a good nor a bad taste, but my taste, of which I no longer have either shame nor secrecy. This is now my way. Where is yours? Thus did I answer those who ask me the way. For the way, it doth not exist. Thus spake Zarathustra. End of part three, chapter fifty-five, The Spirit of Gravity. Read and recorded by Tim Sherman Chase, April two thousand and eight.